BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. In Nevada, a Black Friday sale brought about a riot in a local mall. In Silicon Valley, Apple issues a warning on a new scam known as Clearfake. In Indiana, a man is arrested when a handgun is found in a place you wouldn't expect to find a handgun. Mm-hmm. These stories and more are coming at you today, Friday, December 1st, on Real Life Real Crime Daily. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Ho, ho, ho. December's here. It, it is indeed. Is here. And right. I got I got greeted uh, at about the uh, the stroke of midnight by a college student with a broken foot jumping out of a stadium because he was being chased by police. That made me uh, proud father. A proud father, <laughs> and uh, just a little bit tired this and, morning. And probably you're a little jealous because you didn't do it back in your fraternity days. Well, what I did tell him at the end was that it would be a story he'd be telling for the rest of his life because yeah, I, that that is what the only thing he will get out of it, that it, is it, that uh, it'd be a swim story. Actually, three idiots life. all broke their foot yeah. at the doing the same freaking stunt. Sweet you, someone who's a, you or him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, uh, if you're going to do it, do it when you're young and, <laughs> you know, you don't have responsibilities. I'm almost 54 and I'm still. He's still breaking that law. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. That's right. What is it? What is it? Bees and bud head. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Yeah. All right. It's so uh, we love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Thank you for really sticking with us. Y'all don't know what it means. Our, our numbers don't lie. You're the best fans in the world. And let's get into some true crime time for Friday. Yep. And we are going straight to Nevada. Nevada. And look, Black Friday sales drive some people a little crazy. Does anything to do with white rabbits? What's that? White rabbits. What about them? Nevada. Did I ever tell you a story about no. white rabbits? So I was doing work inside the city of uh, Las Vegas and Back in my consulting days, we'll we'll leave it at that. But I was kind of on stakeout outside yeah. this church in the wedding, and there were fucking white rabbits everywhere, like really? in the bushes and shit, and running across the parking lot. I'm like, what the fuck? Am I on acid or something? Am I going down the road? <laughs> and come to find out, 
that's a real problem. Somebody had released uh, their pet rabbits, and they're overbreeding in these suburbs of Las Vegas. That must be where the term screwing like rabbits comes from. Yeah, I, mean, I tell you what, I'm going to go back there. Rabbits good eat. Oh, yeah. yeah and then it's uh, <laughs> white rabbits with pink eyes. Mm. Maybe I was tripping. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt your story. Go ahead. Well, we'll get back to Nevada. They were everywhere. That's it. Uh, a man at a Nevada mall was given a beatdown. I'm talking a beatdown by a bunch of enraged ladies during a Black Friday shopping trip gone wrong. Yeah. The man whose identity is not currently known was attacked by ladies at Fashion Show Mall. This is in Paradise, Nevada, and it's near the Las Vegas Strip. Like, yep. Uh, they slapped, punched, yanked his hair, and get this, even tried to pull his pants off. There you go. Yeah, and it was almost a kinky crime. Almost. Almost. The individual recording the video, Jonathan Gray, who is a rapper by the name of Prolific Johnny Five, recorded the incident and described the chaos. I'm continuing to walk up the stairs. I see a whole bunch of ruckus, and people are looking over the balcony. I get the look in over the balcony, too. I look down, and they're having a full-on hair fight. One of the girls was stabbed in the face. Yeah, it what? was it stabbed in the in the nice. face. It was a big chaos event during the fight, he said in an interview. And at the same time, there were a group of women who attacked another woman, dragging her on the floor and slapping her. Mm. Grace said the man did not enter the premises with the with the girls who attacked him. Uh, and he said, I know him on social media, so that's why we looked at each other and kind of gave a head nod. Then, 10 seconds later, when he walked down the stairs, I guess he ran into trouble because he was not with those girls. The mall released a statement which said, we are aware of a video circulating on social media. We want it to be clear that we have zero tolerance for this behavior. Our security and partners at the police department responded quickly to handle the situation and remove the individuals. When asked, uh, you know, whether generally a man should put his hands on a woman who are attacking him, he said, I'd be 1,000% honest. In that situation, everyone would have caught one to the face. (laughs) You're not going to pull my hair. No, I got little sisters. I got a wife. I don't hit no girl. But in the situation, I'm going to defend myself. So, uh, and it is quite the melee. Look, the report I just gave you doesn't do it justice. So, as we always do when we talk about some Interesting stuff we happen to have video on. We're going to post that video post on it, Facebook it, for all you peeps. Yeah, one one looks like she made the hockey move, the pull the jersey over the head oh, to yeah, blind the other person and pound, and pound on yeah. the move. The, uh, you know, it seems like every year on Black Friday, some shit like this happens. But, Usually it's over a toy or something. Yeah, I was going to say, but they're not fighting over they're something fighting that over was the latest toy. Uh, was in demand that, you know, somebody took the last one or whatever. There's no Turbo Man and Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger yeah, involved. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no Turbo Man in this story, but I'll tell you, you know, it didn't really go into detail on what started it, but it fired them women up quick, and they yeah. went to battle, yeah. and we're going to show you all of it. They even, yeah, yeah pulling yeah. pulling his pants off. It's almost ever- as good the one, uh, uh, the females fighting outside the porta potty at the music, country music concert. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Oh, yeah, that was. Yeah. Let's go to Indiana, and y'all, so homie named Christopher Boyd, 32, was a passenger riding in a vehicle, and the cops pulled him over in the city of Evansville on Monday, around 2 a.m. in the morning, of course. 
nobody I always said there's nobody out on the road at that time except for drunks <laughs> and cops and the bad guys. But why did they pull them over? Because the vehicle had a secure license plate. Now, and in Louisiana, that's 32304C. And, but the cops stopped them, and the driver and a second passenger were released without charges after they were searched by police. Okay, But when officers went to pat down Christopher Boyd, they discovered a small bag with multiple pills in his right sock, right? Boyd claimed the pills were Percocets that he had received from his Auntie Trish or Auntie Trish to help with the pain from having a bullet lodged in his spine. Well, if you got a bullet lodged in his spine and you're telling me that as a cop, I'm thinking, okay, better be on my guard, right? Hmm. Boyd also said during the search that he could not spread his legs because of pain associated with a spinal injury. Well, police said when they went to search him, Boyd tensed up when they touched his groin area. Boyd <laughs> was then asked if he had anything stuffed in his groin or his buttocks. And Boyd said, no, I don't. After Boyd was transported to the county jail, he was observed walking with a limp and appeared to be clenching his buttocks when he walked. An officer decided, hey, it makes sense to put him through a body scanner. And when they did, a large object was detected in his groin region, right? So mm. what do you do next? A strip search. A strip search revealed two plastic bags containing marijuana tucked next to Boyd's scrotum. Now, remember this has happened in, in Indiana, and marijuana is still legal there, right? Yep. But after the pot was found, Boyd stopped being cooperative, and that's when officers lowered him to the ground. We call it getting, they made him get some real estate, right? Lowered him to the ground. I'm sure they did it gently. But one of the officers lowered Boyd's pants to remove the pot attached to what, you know, we used to call his taint, the uh, meaning of that special spot and mm -hmm. taint your balls and taint your ass, that little secret spot there. <laughs> but Boyd reacted strongly when they did this, and he clenched his butt. And while this was happening, uh, um, well, it does tickle. I mean, you're, you know, well, you're, they, it does tickle. It's also the. A, a spot you can go there for other times, but we won't talk about that today because this is not a sex show. But Boyd uh, reacted strongly and clenched his butt while this happened. But at uh, a certain point, he loosened up enough for the officer to see a piece of the bad end of a pistol <laughs> coming out of his a ass, pistol sticking out of his ass. Oh wow, a pistol. That's bad. So now, what do you do? You're down on them, obviously. You hold them down. You strip search them by force. And who's going to reach in and grab the pistol? So what do the cops do? A quick game of rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> and and, and uh, one of them lost, obviously. Always go paper right? first. Always so, go paper. But they didn't know if the gun was loaded or not. Um, and, but they had to go in and remove the firearm from his anus. You well, do have video uh, of this, don't you? Of course. A body cam video. But um, <laughs> we're not going to post it because, again, this is not a sex show. Somebody might get off on that. Yeah, but it, but, so the gun hidden in his ass was the Smith & Wesson bodyguard, which is a small three eighty all caliber it's pistol, as small as you can get. And it weighs about 12 ounces, but it's about five inches long. So the gun has a microframe size, it's lightweight, and it's simple to use, and it's perfectly suited for concealed carry. Not, <laughs> not, not in that area. Not in your ass. <laughs> uh, that's according to the manufacturer's website. So, but, you know, 
Boyd naturally wasn't using any of the manufacturer's recommended concealed carry methods. Uh, Boyd's previous rap sheet includes convictions for attempted murder, burglary, and domestic battery. He is also the subject of an active protective order and has been classified as a serious violent felon and domestic batterer, which prohibits him from possessing a handgun, Mm. especially in his ass. Police said Boyd was charged with multiple felony drug, gun, and trafficking charges, and he was booked into the jail where he's being held without bond. So, believe it or not, check this out. Uh, at least in Louisiana, the law is when, when you know you, you search somebody on somebody on the street, incidental to arrest, um, they bring something in. It, a lot of times, they do hidden like that, and then they get a charge for entering contraband into a penal facility. Yeah. Not penis facility, a penal yeah. facility. Yeah. Handgun up your ass. They'll yeah. stick and, anything and up there. If they, he probably had, I mean, he couldn't have put it up there or probably couldn't have put it up there when he was being pulled over. He must have been, uh, I think he, he could it, get it up there I, that fast. You have to get I'm around not, his pants. I mean, the cop yeah. is looking at the car. Yeah. There's a guy scrambling around to get and a gun just, up his ass. stick it up know. your ass. I don't know, but, but you know what they call that in prison? Mm. Keistering it. He keistered And I actually, only one other time in my career, have heard of that. And um, they had a uh, inmate in Angola, Jim, that they searched him and it, he, had, he was acting funny or whatever. Mm. He took him and they x-rayed him. He had, I, I, I don't know why. It was a semi-automatic like this, but he had the, not only the pistol in his ass, but he had the magazine that showed up his ass separate. Yes. <laughs> Well, the pistol don't do no good without the magazine. Yeah, yeah. You the, when you think you put the magazine inside the pistol, sure making less, fire. less mm-hmm. maybe it was a backup magazine. I'm not That's sure. Bad. I wonder Oof. if that guy could, since he had the the front end coming out of his rear end, yeah. whether there was any way to manipulate to uh, I, to yeah, fire. And, hey, you talk about pulling the trigger with something other than whatever. How I mean, imagine shooting yourself in the ass when your pistol is in your ass? Oh, I'm pretty sure you're going to die. It's got to be a good trick. Yep. Explain wow. that one in court, okay. Mr. Boyd. Let's talk a little cybercrime. Right. Just when you thought it was safe to get back on your laptop, geek fiends have revealed a fake browser update that infects Apple computers and other uh, uh, Mac and uh iOS devices with uh, malware that hijacks passwords and money. This is a very serious thing. It's dubbed the clear fake scam. I saw this. Um, so it's a it's a cybernetic Trojan horse that uh, that had been targeting Windows systems since July. So this made a lot of noise back in July when people uh, using uh, uh, Microsoft computers and and uh, other brands that work on Windows operating system started uh, getting hit with this, but uh, apparently they found their way into Macs recently. So the hashtag clearfake campaign is not limited to Windows malware, warns cyber threat expert Ankit Anubhav. The sinister cyber phishing scheme now works by bombarding both iPhone and MacBook users with counterfeit Chrome and Safari updates. So you are receiving either by email, notifications, et cetera, alerts that look really good, um, really legit, telling you it's time to update your uh, to the latest version of Chrome or the latest version of Safari. But when you click the prompt, 
your system is infected with what is called Atomic Stealer, a malware uh, system that can pilfer passwords. It also can access photos, documents, and video files. If that weren't sophisticated enough, the system has the ability to hack data from more than 50 cryptocurrency extensions plus wow. plus keychain passwords. So um, this ill-gotten info can be used for a variety of nefarious purposes, from extortion to identity theft. And here's the thing. that The malware is particularly insidious because they say it appears – as a really credible update. While Clearfake's existence has been known since April of 23, it reportedly flies under the radar of about 50% of antivirus solutions. So just having uh, Norton or or whatever isn't going to uh, protect you. The thing that you can do to protect yourself is only make an update if you go into settings and you see that you have an update sitting there for whatever it is, uh, Chrome or, uh, uh, or Safari, because they, they, they can't trip that. But if you, if you come in from uh, an email you're sent or you come in from some kind of a notification that you are sent, uh, decent chance that you're going to run into this and, you know, getting all of your passwords exposed and uh, – uh, Hell, I don't even know all my passwords. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I've been, either. I've been, use my fingerprint. Like I've been trying to use this, by the way, to get your OnlyFans a login. Right. It didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> if anybody can if hack into only Mike's fans, computer specifically, send us a DM. They all know it's a real, doesn't have It's a real deal. And there's something account. else coming out with the um, the new iPhone, too, that, that I read about, like where they can just walk by you. Kind of like an airdrop thing, and they yeah. scan all your oh, yeah. shit yeah. off your phone. Well, the new That's, update. The police are coming out and saying that, too. Yeah. Though. Yeah. They have a new update, from what I understand, with the Apple iPhone that uh, essentially when you update, it just automatically turns that on. Right. You have to go into your settings right. and turn it off. And in order so if they think thought it was a genius idea where you'd be able to exchange information or whatever, uh, but they obviously didn't think from yeah. a criminal mind standpoint that all your shit's going to be stolen. All the police departments kind of, we'll, we'll give you all an update on that next week. Yeah, and and – What's happening is you're now having to go through double and sometimes triple verification on things, especially when it's money you're sending around. So we all do that a lot between uh, business and our private lives, and it's become a lot harder to just send money. It's not here, click on the person's name, and whether you're PayPal, Zelle, whatever whatever the hell you're using, they're having to to double and triple verify because of – Shit like no, that. You, right. you heard it here first on real life, real crime daily. We, that's Protect right. yourself from crime, people. We look out for our listeners. Love our listeners. Yes. Be safe. Just stop pink. Still send me an only fans login. <laughs> the world has become a smaller place, and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show, and that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. 
Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today uh, wow. Wow. all right uh either one of y'all ever drive well ever own a camaro oh yeah I have my partner had one i have one as well actually did you yeah yeah i had a berlinetta and i had a type lt Swim might have smoked a lot of weed in the camaro when he's in high school well if you've had camaros or you're a fan of camaros then you're going to get this story 100 percent. but I when i came that. across it i'm like finally sorry uh, it might have been. A, no, it wasn't an IROC. Right. But we'll get into it. A Texas man is fuming after he claims Dallas police were passive about helping him get his stolen Chevrolet Camaro back mm. after it was stolen from a downtown parking garage. Frustrated, he took his matters into his own hands and claims police told him to do it. A fact that the department's disputing, and and uh, I don't know if they well they might have. Let me get into it for you. Watching online listings like a hawk, the Camaro owner found his engine for sale. What? Then the wheels. Yep. We can only imagine how it would feel to realize someone is parting out your beloved ride, selling it piece by piece online. Determined to get it back, he kept contacting police with details about the online seller. He said that he also went to the police station twice to speak with the detective about the case. However, he was told to leave since he was making such a fuss about it and detectives were not available to speak to him. Then he said detectives contacted him, directing him to meet with the sellers of his parted out Camaro. Dallas police dispute that claim. Of course, meeting with known car thieves, pretending to want to buy your ride can be a little bit dangerous, right? Absolutely. Anyway, the guy did go to where his car was being kept and snapped a photo of it inside of what he believed to be a chop shop. Armed with that evidence, the uh, theft task force in Dallas seized the guy's Camaro from the location. And maybe the Camaro owners should have been put in contact with them from the get-go. We see cases like this all the time, and our first thought is always about how many stolen cars, uh, stolen car cases police must be fielding along with many other crimes. That's not an excuse, but in some cities, theft problems are so bad that police are just, they're completely overwhelmed, you know, especially cities like Dallas. Uh, you're always going to care about your own car more than the police. That's just a fact. Some police departments have more resources available to actively get your ride back, while others just don't. And we get into the latter when we get into that latter situation, and we're on the other end of that. It's very frustrating. So uh, the important thing to remember in, in all that: number one, don't meet with the people that are selling your right. car unless you're a trained professional like Woody. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. The, but the other thing is, um, and, I, and I get it, it, 
they may be general detectives or whatever, and, and you know they're working hot cases and what have you. And, and a stolen car to them is like not that big of a deal. Yeah. But if you don't like the answer your detective gives you, ask to speak to a supervisor. There you go. Yeah, everybody has to answer to somebody and say, "Hey, you know what? I got these pictures," and then somebody will make them get up and go do their job. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, look, but we all can relate to wanting your Camaro back. Absolutely. Camaro love. Absolutely. Let me ask you a question. What is our Argula? Our arugula. Arugula. What's that? It's a green uh, vegetable that is used in salads or used as the base of a salad, just like you might use kale or yeah, other kind of I'm ones. Not, I'm not a fan of kale. Um, you like arugula, though. It's uh, uh, oftentimes put on Italian salads. Oh, I'm down with Italian salads. I got top of my levee planted with uh, collard greens and mustards and turnips. Turnips? Three different sections, but not for me. It's for the deer. All right, so that, our, how you say it? Argula? Arugula. Arugula. So there's a New York City area salad shop. Yeah, or a slash restaurant franchise called Chopped, C-H-O-P-T. They normally make a good quality fast salads to go, but you can also dine in. Um, this week, the chain's name took on an all-new meaning as a horrified customer launched a lawsuit against them. Customer Allison Kazi of Greenwich, Con- Connecticut, um, claims she found a human finger inside her leafy lunch at Mount Kisco, New York location back on April 7th this year. Her lawsuit launched in New York Supreme Court on Monday says that while she was eating the salad, she bit into something very hard and rough, and when she pulled the piece from her mouth, she realized she was chewing on a portion of a human finger. Oh, man. Right? Holy fuck. According to the court documents, the manager of the restaurant had sliced off a portion of her left pointer finger while chopping Argula earlier (laughs) that day. The manager went to the hospital, but the contaminated Arugula. Arugula was served to customers, including Cozy, the lawsuit says. Westchester County Health Department records show that CHOP paid a $900 fine for the incident. And Kazi said in a lawsuit that she suffered injuries including shock, panic attacks, migraine, cognitive impairment, nausea, dizziness, and neck and shoulder pains as a result of eating the contaminated salad. Neck and shoulder yeah. pain? She had a good okay. lawyer. Yeah. She had a good animal shake. She is uh, seeking unspecified damages, right? Her lawsuit accuses CHOP employees and owners of being reckless, careless, and neglect in providing food that was contaminated and adulterated with foreign object consistent of a portion of human finger. I'm pretty sure if your manager cuts off your finger, you need to try to retrieve it. Right? Yeah. Uh, so the CHOP Creative Salad Company, a chain with more than 70 locations across the eastern United States, does not offer a commonal case, naturally. And Kaz's attorney says she's not going to come in any further. Shockingly, this isn't the first time a customer eating at a major food chain has found a severed finger in the food, as similar encounters have been documented around the world. In Australia, in Melbourne, um, a lady found a fingernail in her McDonald's fries, and that's yeah, that's not good. In California, a pregnant woman discovered a bloody fingertip in her salad while oh. she dined at Applebee's. Oh, Lord. Uh, Michigan Arby's also served a teenage boy an inch-long segment of finger in his junior roast beef sandwich. Mm. See, that Salty. one I would have thought might have gone yeah, unnoticed, right. but 
the rest. But of a them. finger in arugula is green. Yeah. A finger. Maybe is they, they chop up the arugula. I don't know how big a arugula bush is, and maybe they chopped it all up. And I mean, no. But if you're I the guess, man, it's the manager of the store who chopped. Yeah. It off while she was chopping arugula. It, it, so I logically, they, they rushed they would her look, out to the hospital, and the rest of them are like, "Fuck it, it's not my job." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't, I, I don't like finding the hair in my food. I can well, only I, imagine I, I, a I'm finger. Not, I'm not queer about a lot of things, but I don't want to eat a, 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 a somebody's body part in my food. Uh, right, and like Mike, we obviously know he's been banned forever from the restaurant world because he'll spit in your food and shit. Yeah, yeah I would never yeah. put my chopped finger in there. Though. Uh, that's uh, that's over the line. <laughs> but not 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 pubic hair. So. I never did pubic hair. Occasional booger. Uh, oh, oh god. Which, when it's in tuna fish salad, looks oh, exactly it, stop, like, stop, stop, stop. you know, it just takes on the environment I can't do that, that it's in. Can't, I, can't I only did it once. She was really, no, mean. she was you. very mean to me. Did she choke on it? No. Hey, when you pulled she, the booger, did your head cave in? <laughs> I, I went for a deep dig. I went for a deep dig for sure. Right. Well, our favorite, our absolute favorite All Woody team member is back in the news. He took about a week off oh, or so. Let's go to South Carolina and Alex Murdaugh, the prison heartthrob who would never hurt Maggie or Pawpaw, was given the harshest crime sentence ever issued by the state for white-collar crime. Murdaugh pleaded guilty. This was a plea deal where he pleaded guilty to 22 of the 101 counts against him for fraud for all of these Deals where he stole money from clients, and he agreed to a 27-year prison sentence surrounding those 22 guilty pleas, Um, and he agreed to waive his right to an appeal. So based upon that, he'll be eligible for parole after serving 85% of his sentence, which would be 22.95 years or 8,382 days. This is the point, mate, that he's doing life sentences already. Well, he's got double life sentences for the murders. Yeah. But he's, I think he's, I think he thinks that he has some kind of a chance at. uh, He's wrong. So he can die once and (laughs) Jesus can bring him back to life. And he dies a second time and bring him back to life. And he's still got to serve this 27 years. Well, I think he's 54. Four, something like that, 54. So uh, if somehow they were to overturn his murder convictions, he would, uh, 74, 77, he could get out, uh, could get parole at age 77 if somehow they uh, they won those. Uh, State Attorney Creighton Waters estimated that Murdoch stole more than $12.4 million from clients over a decade. Tony Satterfield, whose late mother Gloria was the one that shoved got the shoved down the stairs and uh, and died soon thereafter, um, uh, was uh, uh, directly addressed Murdaugh in the court on Tuesday and told him that he forgives his lying and stealing. My heart is with you and my prayers are with you, he told the disgraced lawyer. Despite Satterfield's forgiving tone, the family's attorney, Eric Bland, was not as kind, telling Murdaugh he feels, quote, Good that Murdaugh will never breathe a fresh breath of air again. 
think there's a few people who agree with you. Gloria's sister also asked Murdoch, quote, do you not have a soul? Murdoch apologized to his victims, telling them he knows he did terrible things, but that he still cares for each of them. I'm so sorry, he said. Murdoch continues to maintain his innocence in the double murder of his wife, Maggie, and son, Pawpaw. The jury saw things differently and gave him a double life sentence. His lawyers continue to work on uh, their uh, appeals there and trying to get a new trial. For the first time, his son, Buster, did not show up. For a court oh, date oh, involving is, is, his daddy, still with that girl. Well, um, Buster's we, a player. We've right. we've got to do a little bit of work there, Woody. I know I Not lost the bet because the right. the time period is over. But uh, but uh, uh, he did, even though Buster wasn't there. Murdoch said, Buster, I am so sorry that I let you down. I'm so sorry that I've not been able to be with you during such hard times. He also told Buster that quote, the whole family is proud of you including Maggie and Papa and myself. Oh, Lord. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm going to go back to digress to something, the story we talked about the other day, uh, George Floyd, and I absolutely hate that uh, he died or got murdered. At, um, you know, that cop, I can't remember, showman, whatever his name is, that he got stabbed in prison. I guarantee the next national one that's going to get stabbed in prison is going to be this asshole. Look, here, here's the funny thing. And yes, you're right. Well, any high profile, right, you're making right, a name for right. yourself. But here's the funny thing. So Mike's from New York, right? right. So Southern accents might throw him off a little bit. Yeah. So f- you keep saying pawpaw. But that's not what he, it is. <laughs> it's Paul Paul. No, 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 no. His the name way, is Paul, and <clears throat> his nickname is Paul Paul. But no, he's Southern, so he's I understand Papa. his name is Paul, but his nickname, his father, mm-hmm. it's Paul Paul. And that's that's exactly how it's written in every article on this story. So I thought it take was it, Paul, take it up. Paul, Paul. That makes a lot more sense. And I thought that for he might be right. for the first Let, seventy-five stories we did on Murdoch, but then uh, then I'm I calling Murdoch and all, I'm asking him. all of the media doing Paul yeah, Paul. Yeah, uh, Mike's got him on OnlyFans. I mean, just hit him up on his. Look, well, be, I thought he was saying Paul Paul, but I happened to look at his notes down there, and it said Paul Paul, and I'm like, oh well, maybe, maybe he thinks very it's Paul, happy Paul. not to mention either. Alec or Pawpaw's names again. He's about to get shanked. So yeah, you're right. Justice. Well, yeah. Either and way, stab him and say, "I wouldn't hurt Maggie or Pawpaw or whatever the fuck his name is." <laughs> Dead kid. Fox News is running a, a huge thing on that. They keep promoting it. I see it on my Facebook page. I don't know if y'all have seen that. They wish they were running the shit we were running. Yeah, that's right. Promoting what? Promoting? Promoting just uh, interviews with uh, Buster. Oh, really? Buster's got his own, like, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, Buster's busting out. Well, we'll we'll have to see if the girlfriend's there. Well, we're going to go to Ohio, (laughs) and we're going to talk about, look, judges, there's some judges out there that they, they might let people skate on things, mm-hmm. but not this one. This one is one of those judges when you hear the sentence they handed down, you're like, yeah, that's that's what we need in this 
you know, in this country. An Ohio woman convicted of assault for throwing her Chipotle order at an employee was given a unique opportunity. You know, I've never eaten there. I see commercials for it. And it's all, all I didn't time. know that. I've never been eaten there. Have you eaten there? It's good stuff. I've ate there. Yeah. They have Argula. They, they do have arugula. Yeah. They might possibly They're have big that. on arugula. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> uh, Chipotle uh, order at an, uh, an Ohio woman was convicted of an assault for throwing her Chipotle order at an employee, and she was given a unique opportunity to reduce her sentence. Uh, Parma Municipal Court Judge Timothy Gilligan. I was waiting for somebody to laugh because his name was Gilligan. the song for Sentence 39-year-old Rosemary Hain Tuesday after she was found guilty of one count of assault. At her sentencing hearing, the judge told Hain she could have the chance to work off her sentence by working at a fast food restaurant. You didn't get your burrito bowl the way you liked it, and this is how you respond, he said. Uh, this is not Real Housewives of Parma. This behavior <laughs> is not acceptable. Yeah, this judge, look, I'm loving this guy. Hayne reportedly apologized to the, sco- the court and the Chipotle worker, Emily Russell, and said there's no excuse for her behavior, but she added she was not happy with the way her food was prepared. If I showed you how my food looked and how my food looked a week later from the same restaurant, it's disgusting, Hayne said. Three months ago, a video showing Hayne's confrontation with Russell was posted to Reddit, and it went viral. Someone with a cell phone recorded as Hayne took her Chipotle order to the counter, slammed it down in front of Russell, and moments later, she is seen throwing the entire bowl in the worker's face. Mm. I bet you won't be happy with the food you're going to get in jail, Judge Gilligan said. (laughs) Love this guy. I got to look him up. Hayne was sentenced to 180 days in jail with 90 days suspended. The judge... uh, told Hayne he would give her 60 days jail credit if she agreed to work at least 20 hours per week at a fast food restaurant for two uh, months. Hayne said she intended to get a job at a restaurant. Gilligan said she was appalled at the defendant's actions and intended the sentence to teach her a lesson and deter similar crimes. Shout out to right, this Parma judge. Good creative some punishment. Good. You need yes. to know what it's like to work in a fast exactly. food restaurant. Remember how, um, Basically what he's saying. Oh, uh, What's his name from uh, he owns Dallas Mavericks and is on that, the money show. What's his name? Oh, he, uh, he made a comment about uh, Mark, uh, I would, Mark Cuban, I would, something about wouldn't work at a Dairy Queen or whatever, and he caught some shit about it. He actually wouldn't he work today yeah. at a Dairy yeah. Queen, and it was like, I got mad respect for y'all. So, now. Yeah. so speaking of Gilligan, I'm gonna go back to Ginger, making billions. Ginger or Marianne? <laughs> Absolutely, Marianne. Isn't Ginger for me? Yeah, Ginger. Like, yeah, I'm a Ginger been too. around a little bit. <laughs> Well, you know, not on the island. It's called experience. She, she, she couldn't. She couldn't. She knows some she tricks, probably. That's I mean, what I'm thinking. Was she going to cheat on you with the skipper or? Uh, 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 I'm kind of warm for the form of the of the, of the billionaire's wife. What was her name? The old lady. F- uh, <laughs> fluffy. Wait, what did he wait? Uh, professor Mary. Uh, Mary? Wait. All right. Wait. Yeah. Who, wait. What? Uh, Gillian, the skipper to the millionaire's Mary wife. They never tell you. Right. So is a millionaire back then would be a billionaire today. All right, listen, the animal stories we bring y'all have got to have some type of law enforcement or crime in them, and this one does. And this is no stranger 
Mike is currently appealing the board on this topic. No, this is no stranger to one of us in this room. But police in New Jersey have found a baby python. Rutgers University Police Department wrote in a Facebook post on Monday that an officer had recovered a young python in a dorm room on campus. Officer Rebecca Phillips responded to the Boris Residence Hall for a report of a snake inside the dorm. According to the police, the snake was turned over to uh, animal control. Campus police said that all support animals need to get approval from the university. Now, it is unclear exactly why campus police believe the young snake was a student's emotional support animal. Snakes are not known to be particularly <laughs> empathetic like Woody Overton. The RRC Daily I-Team happens to have a journalist on the ground in New Jersey who is reporting that the Rutgers popo might not have cracked this case. Unconfirmed confirmed reports tell the I-Team that this is hell week for Rutgers fraternities and the snake was allegedly part of a prank designed to startle uh, a targeted female undergrad. More on the story as it develops, and pythons can grow as long as 30 feet and live 25 years mm-hmm. or longer, but they are non-venomous. Okay, right. so my roommate in college, he had one. I also had one. I'm not going to – well, I know. Well, Anaconda. other than the – yeah. <laughs> they, they, I, like two, you know, I, I guess I had two. I'm not going to tell that. That's the swim story. But, uh, <laughs> that, that, but that's some bitch – after he fed him, when he fed him, he had him in this big tank. And, mm. and look, he put golf clubs on top of his school books. And every time after he fed him, like the next day, he had like superhuman strength and he would get out in our, it was a big yellow and white one. Uh, uh, he would get out in our apartment and we're, I'm in the room looking for him one time. And like, like that story you told uh, about him going from house to house, this thing was in the top drawer of a dresser, but he'd gone along the wall and his mm. head was behind the curtain. Oh, he's a big, big yeah, boy. He's a big son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah the, the one I have was a known as a ball python, and yeah. they call them that because they ball up in a ball when they're you know uh, when they're docile. Uh, but I had it for about a year and a half, and then I my pretty interesting. My friend, I gave it to my friend, but um, yeah. yeah. Do not get the snake thing, but what I do think is going on is there's a resurgence in fraternities getting a little bit wild out there. Well, back in our day, you, you're a Greek or you weren't. Nowadays, it's a, uh, GDIs is more important. Uh, but I, I still think and always will, uh, I'll carry my Greek days with me forever and the brotherhoods I developed. Well, I can imagine taking a girl's dorm, a floor full of, uh, <laughs> like freshman girls and letting a snake loose on that would that yeah, could get pretty I did that all that, the time that, <laughs> could, that could get that could get pretty crazy I uh, love to have seen that oh we haven't crossed the pond in a while boys alright where are you going across the pond Ian? god I'm going to just an unfrickin' believable uh, story uh, the British government uh, ordered an inquiry uh a while back, and the results of this inquiry came back on Tuesday, and it found that there were serious failings at hospitals where an electrician who was later convicted of murder had been able to have sex with more than 100 corpses yes. oh over God. 15 years without being detected. Yep. Detected. Hard, hard to catch a smart crowd. 100 corpses. 
David Fuller's necrophilia was uncovered back in 2020 when police used DNA to tie him to the 1987 slayings of two women and also discovered millions of images of sexual abuse in his home. The images included videos of him having sex with the dead bodies of women and girls in the mortuaries at two hospitals where he worked in Southeast England. The offenses that David Fuller committed were truly shocking. It's a 308-page report that was put together. However, the failures of management, governance, regulation, and processes, and a persistent lack of curiosity all contributed to the creation of an environment in which he was able to continue to offend. Fuller, who's 69 now, is serving a life sentence with no chance of release after pleading guilty to uh, those two counts of murder we talked about. The, uh, the inquiry was launched to find out how Fuller was able to get away with it and, uh, and why he was able to get away with it for, uh, uh, for so long. So, I mean, a hundred yeah. different corpses. Um, I've seen them all, studied them all, the fetishes and shit like that. And I always tell y'all, almost as important for them to commit the act is to record it. And I just... I think I've seen too many dead bodies. I've actually had to go back in after autopsies uh, uh, when they forgot to clip some pubic hairs for a sample and, and clip pubic hairs off a dead body. I am not sexually aroused by a dead body, and this, no matter how fine uh, they are. Yeah, this guy, this guy was meticulous. See, so he uh, he kept a record of uh, of at least a hundred and one women between the age of nine and a hundred, and had time-stamped photos and video yep. of each and every instance. So he'd go back and, and jack off to them. And when he couldn't get to the bodies, he used that for his porn. So. And he said, uh, for many of these, there were other employees actually in oh, It makes the, it more exciting, right? Thrill of the ill-gotten booty is stuff you're not supposed to have. And Especially how the hell did you get away with something because that Because it's crazy. hard to catch smart criminals. He got away with it for a long time until he didn't. And now he'll be the next one to get shanked in prison, but it'll just be from mm. England. Yeah, right? it'll be an English shank. An English shank? English shank. Hello? Hello, Hello. You hey, sick bastard. Aren't you? Because they always <laughs> answer their, in, in their sentences with a question. Yeah. yeah. So, you I a can't. sick bastard, aren't you? <laughs> I can't figure that out. Yeah. No laughing matter. That guy's Fuck disgusting. Him. Fuck him. Yep. We got to get on to. By the way, we should shout out after that that there's absolutely zero, less than zero Holy percent chance shit. of anything remotely resembling anything like that happening up in Broussard, Louisiana. We need to get Roy and, and no Chris on the show one day just to and compile these like a special show like for Holiday Drop or something more out and compile these sick-ass stories about these crematories and autopsies and everything's wrong and let them tell us. How fucked up that is. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Right. Here's our <laughs> a holiday edition of Corpses. Yeah, yeah. Sex with Corpses. <laughs> That'd be a good Halloween special. Hiding corpses yeah. and not, not taking care of them. There you yeah. go. What kind of a sick F yeah, do you have disgusting. to be to do that? Pretty bad. Oh, hi. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. Well, thank you, Tiffany. And we are... At another mile-high crime stage of the show, and look, um, 
we have an update on a story. It might be the first update on a mile high crime you've gotten that we just brought to you. And yet another confirmation that Woody is the king of crime Uh as he nailed another one on the head with no information. So let me let me tell you what's going on here now over the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, we uh, gave you just a few days ago a headline about a Southwest Airlines passenger becoming the subject of opening the exit door on a Boeing 737 that was about to take off from the New Orleans airport. And he jumped from one of the wings and then attempted to escape in a service truck on the tarmac. Told you about that story. The traveler was promptly restrained and taken to a nearby hospital for evaluation. And if you remember, uh, he didn't get arrested. There were no charges. He didn't have any weapons. And all of that, and Woody had made a comment. Uh, uh, coroners weren't. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I mean. Well, Woody nailed it. That's I, why. I, I didn't know uh, I didn't know about the update, but I figured that if he didn't get arrested, he had to be a little bit cray-cray. That, that's right. He was found to be in the midst of a mental health emergency. And because he didn't have any weapons, uh, he, there were no criminal charges filed. Now, while the aviation world's news cycle was dominated by this incident, uh, a similar situation took place around the same time on a Korean air flight headed from New York's John F. Kennedy Airport to Seoul, South Korea, on November 23rd, the attempt was stopped by the crew members in that case. Reportedly, a 26-year-old woman tried to open the plane's exit door approximately 10 hours into a 16-hour flight. What? So they were in the they freaking in the air, air, brother. Oh, Lord, they killed yeah. everybody. Flight crew stopped her in her attempt before she could succeed, while some of the witnesses on the plane described uh, her as displaying sim- symptoms of anxiety. Yeah. Now, the attempt was stopped by our crew members, and the passenger was arrested by the airport police upon arrival, that from Korean Air spokespeople. Upon landing, the woman was arrested uh, by police, and she tested positive for meth. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine that, and could face as many as 10 years in prison and fine 77 grand. She is a South Korean citizen coming home after spending six months in New York. So passengers are keep trying to open plane doors. I'm, I'm seeing this a lot when researching these mile high crimes. And here's how the industry is addressing the problem. South Korean airlines in particular has been struggling with an increase of passengers attempting to open those doors. Back in May, a passenger uh, aboard a Seoul based flight uh, with Asiana Airlines caused the injury of 12 others after opening the exit door of an Airbus just two minutes before it was supposed to land. The man was eventually arrested and charged with violating aviation security laws, but 12 other passengers of the plane had to be hospitalized for breathing problems. And then last month, a teenager was sentenced to three years in prison in South Korea uh, after trying and failing to open an exit door on another flight from the Philippines to Seoul. So after the most recent uh, Korean air incident, the South Korean government moved fast to draft a new law requiring airlines to warn passengers about not opening plane doors. So uh, apparently the, you know, the answer is, Hey, we're going to, we're going to make a law where you have to say, don't open this door in the middle of the flight. Exactly. Right. Oh, it's that's a bad like, thing. It's like the anti 
Rape Prevention Act in Louisiana prisons. Yeah. You have to to make that rule up, right? Because somebody broke it. Yeah. And somebody broke it at one point. Right. But it struck me. This whole story struck me because I'm like, man, you got to come up with a better plan than just telling people don't open the door. The deterrence uh, factor of the don't open the door. How about (laughs) how about this? Um, I don't know when what the statistics say, but. Chances are, over time, very, very. I'm thinking of a Sully landing the plane in the in the Hudson. Maybe the only example I can come up with of people actually using the emergency exit door to benefit the people on the flight. I just assume they solder those freaking things shut with all these crazy people hopping on the okay. hopping on these flights or or some kind of secret combination that only the flight crew knows. Uh, something to keep okay. a meth head from do, okay. being able Better to do idea. that. So they. I always like to get that exit row deal for a little more leg room, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just need to put the biggest, baddest motherfucker on. That's what I'm saying. And if somebody touches the door, they they lost me. You could just knock them the fuck out. Well, you had air marshals for, for so long that was yeah. sent on flights. Maybe, yeah. m- maybe uh, you know, for these airlines that are having problems, as, c- Congress can pass it. Look, you're going to pass a law saying don't freaking open the door. Why don't you pass a law requiring airlines that have consistent issues with this, or maybe all airlines, oh, to have a, an air marshal sit in that spot, and that's their job. Like, they just fly all day. Or, or they, even an incentive, uh, because what they're doing now with uh, with Clear and some of these services, I mean, the government knows everything they need to know about me, and the way that you, uh, you board is I go like this, and they read my eyes. I'm boarding a flight tomorrow. I'll get there five minutes before. It reads my eyes, and I go and I go right on board. If you know you can trust the person, put them in the seat. Well, they of, always ask you, do, do you have a problem opening the door and da 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 da? da. No. Do you, are you physically able to open the door? Yes. Then they just need to add, add one more question. Are you currently <laughs> do on you that? knock the, somebody the <laughs> fuck out if they try to touch the door? Yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's our mile high crime for today. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. Yeah. Kinky crimes on Friday. Y'all My favorite. Just Friday. Can't get away from OnlyFans, people. And <laughs> I need somebody to send me a shit. Because I'm, I'm going to be honest with the world. I tried to... Uh, log on to OnlyFans on my phone. It just doesn't work. I think I told y'all that before. Mm. So anyway, somebody send me this shit so I can see what it's all about. But an OnlyFans model, uh, Danny Banks, received more than just a penalty flag on Sunday at the Allegiant Stadium at the Las Vegas Raiders as they beat um, the Jets 16-12. to Banks posted a video on her Instagram showing herself flashing her breasts inside the stadium. Hey, well, that's she, a crime. She was wearing it is Vegas. She was wearing <laughs> a top that had the word Raiders, uh, uh, on, you know, on it across her chest. She said that security and police officers swooped in and threw her out of the stadium. I she said that. they must have seen her in the moment because the video did not get posted until she was already out of the stadium. Oops, she captioned the clip. <laughs> uh, Banks' clip was posted to her more than 8 million followers on Instagram. Hey. The stunt appeared to have violated Allegiant Stadium's code of conduct. 
All guests and attendants required to wear clothing, i.e. shirts, pants, <laughs> shoes, uh, for safety. Nudity, partial nudity, body paint, and pasties are prohibited. Any action Pasties are prohibited? I don't oh, understand that. Come on, man. I, I can go on a, t- a titty bar. The landing strip outside of Detroit no, is not at no, where pasties. No pasties. What's the point? Right. That's right. But any action deemed to be indecent exposure and or clothing that is deemed offensive to seen or displays offensive text and or images is prohibited. And the stadium's management reserves the right to deny entry or eject guests based on the requirements. But she must have thought she was on Bourbon Street. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's just showing a little. Right. Cleavage oh, well, let's see if I got a picture of her. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wait a minute. Post little- that. We'll post her online. She's got eight million Instagram followers. Eight million. Oh, she getting paid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's getting paid. Amazing what she's making on OnlyFans. And look, this right here, but showing doing a little flashy flash. That's right. going to get her a few more OnlyFans. I'm Mike's already writing must, her name. That down. must be an NFL thing because I would think the stadium in Vegas would be all for. Allowing people to do that. And, you know, the Oakland A's are also are following the Raiders now. The Oakland A's are moving yeah. to Vegas. So maybe they'll be able to do it at baseball games. Jose Canseco is going to be flashing people. Well, it's, it's been a year or two since Jose wore the A's uniform. Jim, at least a year or two. Jim's sports references. Bash Brothers. Go to the, the, same, uh, the same decade, I think. Mark McGuire. Give me some banjo. Banjos. Dumb criminals. Probably not the most appropriate intro to a Motown story, the home of the landing strip. Yeah, Detroit. I love me some Motown. We're going to Motown. And just in case you two thought our discussion before today's episode was going to keep me from having an animal story in today's show. Oh, Lord. You were wrong. Patrick and Janice had dated for nearly four years. But when Janice laid down the shit or get off the pot ultimatum to Patrick, he opted to move on with his life. He got off the pot. He got off the pot. This was not the response that Janice had anticipated. And the 45-year-old former circus animal trainer was none too pleased. Not quite ready to move on and being a fan of the old axiom, don't get mad, get even, Janice decided to use her skills as an animal trainer to extract her revenge. While working with lions was not an option, the Detroit suburbs are flush with squirrels. Janice began immediately working with a group of the little rodents at a nearby park. Six or so weeks later, she and her furry army were ready to put their plan into action. Patrick had graciously accepted her offer to get together at a local park to catch up. He made it clear he was now in a new relationship and that they'd be meeting purely as friends. When Patrick arrived that day, it was clear that he had beaten Janice there as the bench they agreed to meet at was empty. What the heck, he figured, I'll sit down and wait a few minutes. Immediately, a couple of very friendly squirrels came strolling right up to him at the bench. Obviously, park visitors had fed all these squirrels so much that they no longer feared humans. But suddenly, four squirrels became 10 squirrels, and then 10 squirrels became maybe 20 squirrels. And that's when the first bite was taken. The vicious creatures attacked and attacked ferociously, 
Patrick jumped up and ran, but they were all over his body. His hands, his neck, and his lower legs were covered in blood. As he turned while struggling to fight off the creatures, he saw her. She was hiding behind a bush, but her head popped up several times, and he could hear her making the strange commands. Oh, my God. Um, at that at the moment at that moment, Janice, aka the Squirrel Whisperer, decided to call off her army. Oh my god! A woman had been watching this unfold in disbelief and had and had called nine one one minutes earlier. The police arrived uh, a moment or two later and caught up with Janice and a large school of squirrels. Janice did not give the attack signal to her pets. Instead, she passively accepted her arrest. Patrick would need stitches in several places, including the family jewels, but he survived. The Detroit police said, quote, the woman confessed to capturing and training squirrels to harass and attack her ex-boyfriend. Oh my God. She was being held on several charges. Janice specifically requested we play some banjos for her pets. They yeah. apparently that love has to be the banjos. The dumbest fucking criminal story. Of all time. <laughs> Get you another hobby. You train attack squirrels. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm speechless on that one. I'm speechless on well, that. One. You I know, didn't even know that was possible. I, I apologize to KJ. I know this is if you're listening. Oh yeah, probably, <laughs> yeah. probably her. I'm sure. Joe Burrows. She, I'm sure she would have no impact on your lovely pet, but uh, <laughs> she was able to convert these critters. Wow, that's crazy, unbelievable. Well, what do you ever? What you think? Any final thoughts? Um, just uh, usually, y'all. Thank you so much for. Letting us do what we do, bless, and and uh, continue to like and share and all that good stuff. Mike, I'm still thinking about the squirrels. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think with some ice, I have to call bullshit on that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you she know. can train lions. She can sure shit train squirrels. Yeah, I'd say so. Well, my final thought would be: don't open the freaking airport airplane. Emergency door. Yeah, I mean, or else we're going to pass a law telling you not to. Clone a younger Woody Overton and put it on every airplane in the world. Yeah, there you go. Baseball at. That's right. All right, until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavina. For Real Life, Real Crime Daily. Peace. Aglets. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.